Welcome to Friday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. He is Jeff Fiegels. I'm Lance Meadow. Good to be with you for the next 60 minutes. 201-939-4513 is the telephone number. You can also interact with us on Twitter, hashtag Giants Chat. A reminder, Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win amazing Giants prizes. So the Giants clearly have been very busy. There's been multiple transactions just to give you the layout of the land. Hmm. Two are unofficial. Marcus Golden, Golden Tate unofficial. We understand you're seeing reports out there, but the Giants have not commented nor made anything official with respect to that. So you have to understand that as you call in and you want to weigh on that. However, what is official, Jeff, and this is the latest transaction, yesterday afternoon they signed veteran safety Antoine Bethea, who's a three-time Pro Bowler. He's been with a few teams, won a Super Bowl with the Colts. Most recently, he was with the Arizona Cardinals in 2017 and 18, and here's where we get to the connections. He spent one season in Arizona with James Betcher as the defensive coordinator, led the team in interceptions that season, had five. And to me, what's intriguing about Bethay, because, you know, whenever we talk about safeties, Jeff, everybody wants to align them either as a free safety or a strong safety. But there's a lot of guys in this league, as you well know, they can easily play both positions. Yeah. Bethay is one of those players. Yeah. He's been around the boat, and he's been able to line up at various spots in the secondary. Well, he's big enough to play both. Yeah. Um, and he's a good tackler. He's a three-time Pro Bowler, so that tells you something about the way that he plays football. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think the most important thing here is the, is the familiarization with the defense. You know, he switches teams. So, but you know, playing with Betcher, this will be recollection at its best. He'll come back here, and he's going to understand this. What's nice about the safety position in Betcher's offense or defense is that he's kind of like the other quarterback on the field. Uh, a lot like Landon Collins was. You saw him coming up in the box and moving guys around, this and that. He will take over that role in James Betcher's defense, which is a good thing. So it's essentially him and Jabril Peppers right now, as it yeah. appears. That doesn't mean that there's not going to be more competition, but well, in all likelihood, you're yeah. going to have two new safeties at both of those spots. You got a little. You got a lot of youth, and you've got you know Antoine Bethea is 35 years old. Okay, and I saw an interview on Big Blue kickoff or big our website the giants.com you know everybody he said everybody talks about the his age but you know age is a number yeah there's things that go with age but you know what comes with age is experience which is a good thing so i think that that that's going to help now jabril peppers not only are you getting a, a quality safety you're getting a good return man and a guy that's very yeah. physical and fast um i think he's gonna this is a good combination of what you need to see and i will tell you that you know, he can, he's a sure tackler, um, but he is, he's your true free safety, if you will. And he's been moved around too, to your point. He's played even a little corner. He's played deep. He's played in the box. He's an extremely versatile player. I think you brought up an excellent point. It was one of the things I actually pointed out on social media, Jeff, when we found out that Peppers was a part of that trade, that yes, he's a return guy. And I think that easily it. gets overlooked. He's returned, not just kickoffs. He's returned punts. He's done both. Yeah. The Cleveland Browns. Well, he need, we did, listen, there was a turnstile at kick at punt return last year. Okay, yeah. um, they did they did some good things. Special teams wise, the Giants were in the top three, if not one or two. I, I think made I, strides. Yep. Yeah. So there, you know, this is a, a good addition to special teams from the return standpoint. Um, but big playmaker on defense too. I mean, if you if you're from around here, and you remember Local him in high school, Jersey. I mean, he's right right up the street from where I my kids grew up. At Paramus Catholic, I'm happy to see him. I mean, what a great, what a great player he's going to be for the Giants. An exciting player, both defensively and on special teams. And you know, I think that, 
I, I was always, this is what I said coming in months ago about the safety position and not knowing what was going to happen with Landon. My, my inkling was that he was not going to be back. And that's why I, I had gone where I said about the safety position, which is one that, that I wanted to see happen in free agency. Well, it happened in free agency. You got one in a free agent. You got one in the trade. Well, there you go. They've addressed that position. And by the way, they're both veteran players. I think the... The experiment is over, trying to find those young safeties to play. I mean, they're trying to be – Lance, you look at it, the last well, three years have just yeah. been trying to look figure draft, it out. Yeah. But you go, it goes to show you how important that, that position is for James Betcher's defense, that they go out and get two veteran safeties and having at least one of them that has played a year under James Betcher's defense, that's going to help them. Yeah, because you look at a guy like Deon Buchanan in Betcher's defense in Arizona, Jeff. You know, he was like the jack-of-all-trades hybrid type of player. Yeah. So he leans heavily on that position. There's no doubt about it. And I think it's a good thing for the state of a defense when you've got a veteran presence. And, and Pepper's still a young, up-and-coming guy, but sure. a guy that has had plenty of reps. I think they're going to complement each other very yeah. nicely from an experience standpoint, from a skill set standpoint. And you also hit it right in the nose. Age is just a number, as we always hear that cliche, but production is what matters. And sure. he may be approaching 35 years old, Buffet, but Jeff, he led the Cardinals in tackles last season with 120 tackles, sure. and he played every game. So yeah. if he could hold up, he could be productive, he could be the veteran leader, that's what matters more so than people throwing out a random age here. He point. also led the team in interceptions a few years ago. The previous year, correct, when Betcher was the defensive coordinator. And so, you know, and I'm not comparing Landon Collins, I'm just making a, a just a blanket comparison as far as production at that at that position, both Landon Collins and but they they are very very good tacklers. Both of them led their team respectively, but you are going to get a safety that can cover better than Landon Collins. Okay, he's he can he's a ball hawk. He he will get you the football. Okay, and that comes with that's just that's just some guys have a natural tendency to know how to catch footballs. They really do. So that's a good thing and. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like, too, you know, Landon Collins was such a big, integral part of this defense and when it comes to leadership. You know he was a leader. He was a captain. Here's a 35-year-old veteran that can kind of give you some of that leadership qualities by bringing him in with a defense that he's familiarized with. So a lot of times guys come in a free agency and they don't know the system, and they kind of even though they're a little bit older, yeah, they try to take on – they try to take on that leadership role, but they don't know the defense. This is a good this is a good thing for the Giants defense. He knows the defense. He's gonna be able to line guys up and be able to lead by example and also have a little bit of leadership qualities to bring to this defense. I think that's a very interesting point because when a veteran comes in, even though he's had a lot of reps to your point, if he's playing catch up, Jeff, he's so focused on learning and absorbing right. the defense that maybe it's not that he can't balance both, but the priority is not, hey, you let get me there look and there, at the yeah. locker room. Yeah. Let me set the stage and let me teach and mentor other guys. How can you mentor other guys if you don't know the defense like <laughs> yeah. the back of your hand? Right. So, yeah, he now comes in. He already has familiarity with the scheme, so he can focus on that and integrate some of the younger players. And, and here's another thing, which is natural. When coaches come into new teams, they want to bring in not just one guy, Jeff. They want to have multiple guys. So now you have Bethay, you have Kareem Martin, and you have Josh Morrow. He's got three guys that he's been with for a few seasons, know the defense, and they can be additional voices to any other new player that comes in that is trying to adjust to this game. Yep, and I think that, you know, you look at this defense, the way they played last year, they needed help at each level, okay? They're beginning to get it from top down now. We're, you know, All layers. Yep, and that's kind of what we talked about, and, and they're going after it. Now let's see what they do in the draft with the 12 picks they have. 
Um, I would imagine if you, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I would tell you that of the 12, you may not have all of them. But if you did, I would say that at least 50% or more are going to, I, I'm going to call it 75% or more are going to be defense. This is going to be a defensive draft for the Giants. And probably, in my opinion, attacking some of the really neat areas with the with the offense. Maybe, who knows? I, I don't, we've been hearing rumors as far as things are going, as far as the uh, <clears throat> the right tackle. I don't know how much money the Giants have left in free agency, but there's still some, you know, that's still a, a, an, an interesting scenario. You need a, you still need a right tackle, okay? Um, I haven't been on since they, they acquired Kevin, is it Zeidler? Zeidler. Zeidler. Yeah. So immediately, immediately, you get a, a heck of a, a heck of a presence, a Pro Bowl guy, a guy that's man. He this he's dude been is a durable. Player. Certainly, has played a kid. Believe it or not, he actually he actually never made a Pro Bowl, even yeah, though he's been he playing a at a Pro Bowl level. No, never made the Pro Bowl. But to your point, he's been consistent. I, I don't bad. disagree with your assessment, but he actually never has made a Pro Bowl. Well, I tell you what, he's a, he's he's a good player, and they they went out there and maybe they had some some news that Jamon Brown was you know not gonna he didn't he wasn't gonna be back. I mean, or he was gonna sign somewhere else. And he signed because, with Atlanta. Since. Yeah, yeah. So it's just we don't know what goes on behind these doors and how much people talk because you do have a tampering period, you know. And and when you start to talk about all this stuff, there's there's certain news that comes out that. Hey, maybe they were hearing that Jamon Brown was not going to come back. He had a good deal on the table in Atlanta. So they, they said, hey, we're well, going to have to go find his a – and look what happened. So slowly but surely, that offensive line is starting to shape up a little bit. You know, you got Jalapio and you've got um, – Pulley, uh, who they brought back. Spencer Pulley going to have a great centers. competition there. Yep. And whoever is not the starter is a good, viable backup. Um, I think now you've got to look at the right tackle. And you got you still got Wheeler there as, you know, maybe he's going to be a backup. And then you got to figure out who your right guard is going to be as far as depth. Depth, yeah, <clears throat> meaning that swing offensive lineman yeah. that preferably could play tackle or guard yeah. or both this is way. Is Greco back? John Greco? I is believe he? Greco's still a free agent. Okay. Let me look I didn't that know up if he confirm. was back there. But I just mentioned yeah. I just mentioned of the linemen that usually there's eight, eight maybe nine if, you, if you're lucky. Depending on how much luxury but you But I have. just mentioned yeah. seven. So, you know, there's going to be one more addition in there somewhere. And I would imagine it's got to be a guy like you know that who's backing up um, Solder and Hernandez. You got to have that swing guy. Um, so we're talking. There's a uh, the yeah, Greco's still a free agent. By he's the way, he's still a free yeah. agent. Okay. Um, the one the one guy I was talking about the right tackle from Minnesota is it Remner? Mike Remmers. Remmers. Yes. You know, there's a guy that's still out there and um, has familiarity with with both Pat Shermer, okay, and Dave Gettleman. So who knows? Um, Usually, you know, by now things have calmed down a little bit as far as the top free We've agents. Basically, gone through the first wave. Yeah. Now you're starting to hear. Now yeah. you're starting to hear of kickers and punters getting signed, which is always your favorite time of the Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Um, just to see the well, money flying around. Let's not overlook the fact Robbie Gold was given the franchise tag. Yeah. This year, well, Jeff, that's so good. So you actually didn't really have to wait much for your people. <laughs> yeah. You know, they got instantaneous respect. He got immediately. That's yes. right. Um, and then the Jets lose their kicker, but Seattle signs him. Um, so. That's what happens when movement, you're a pro yeah. bowl. And by the way, you know, I, 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 again, I think it was made official with Aldrich, right? Rosas. Yeah, Rosas is official. So yeah. that's that's a good thing, and you know, hopefully Aldrich will have a good season, and and then he can get a long term deal. But what was the tender that he got? Was it was that a was it as high as a second round? I'd have to look back to the specifics, but, but I mean, clearly he was worthy and deserving of getting a new deal. There's, yeah. there's no doubt about it. Based on what he did in his second year in the NFL, yeah, and you know who knows it, it, whether he plays it out or the or the Giants come to him and give him a new deal. We'll find out. He certainly deserves it, and I think I've always said that 
He's he's a gamer. He's a guy that's you're gonna keep. You know, he's gonna be around here a long time. He's gonna be around here a long time as long as you know he got over that first year that he was here, and look what he did this last year. So, I, all I can say is this, and I, I'm only on here once a week. So I sometimes you have to make the it most sometimes depends on what week. side yeah. of the week I'm on. I get a Friday, <laughs> Monday, and then I miss a whole week. So there's been a lot going on since the last time I was here. If you're a Giants fan, this is from my perspective, is that it's a tough time right now because of all the things that have happened with Odell and losing Vernon and you got Landon Collins. So transition, transition. But I feel like you have to be patient and let it let it play itself out. It is March. It's still March. Just wait, okay? Things will start to calm down a little bit. I believe that this team, is this team going to win 12 or 13 games? In my guess, no. That's just me saying this, but I believe that this team can still win. Now, it's going to be a tough division to win because certainly the Eagles have gotten better. The Cowboys, have, they haven't done much, but other than lose a couple guys. they're going to stay at least as is. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that, you know, just let's just kind of, you know, relax and pump the brakes a little bit. This is a very tough time because you're a lot of people are losing their favorite players from the Giants. Landon Collins and Odell. These were very, very popular guys. Um, Olivia Vernon, too. But All I, big names. All the big names. But I'll tell you, when you look at the, the price tags for all of these guys going forward, it kicks up a lot of your cap space. Well, and that's what every team has to balance, Jeff. That's why we continue to emphasize how important the draft is and the luxury of having players on specifically first-rounders, four-year contracts with a fifth-team option, and even second-rounders and beyond, four-year contracts who you can at least say, hey, they're not going to put stress on your cap, and it gives you the flexibility to groom them. But then all of a sudden, once you now have to sign them to long-term deals, meaning their rookie contracts expire, you've got to make tough decisions. And no team in the NFL, I mean, even if you look at the recent Super Bowl winners, can you say that the bulk of their team was composed of strictly just going out on a spending spree, Jeff, and signing everybody? <clears throat> now, granted, the Rams maybe the Jets. brought in some, well, <laughs> the, the Jets, who have been very aggressive this offseason, the Rams, who were in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, you can say, you know, they made some splashes, I'll give you that, but it wasn't as if they were locking guys up, keep in mind, Jeff, to four or five-year deals. No. You know, guys like Adamic and Sue, they gave a one-year deal. It was like, hey, come on in. Yeah. You'll meet a void that we have, and then we'll decide whether or not we want to retain you. There's a distinct difference between doing that versus signing guys to four- and five-year deals. Right, right. And I think that, you know, when you look back at a few years ago when the Giants had $200 million to spend on their defense. 2016. Well, next year in 2020, the Giants are, are positioning themselves for a nice – the good chunk of change to be able to spend next year because of what they're doing now. So, you know, and, and I just, I don't like to hear it because I just, I just feel like it's, it's, it's calling it quits almost. It's like this rebuild thing. I just cannot stand a rebuild or I'm a tank. It is every year is different and whatever you want to classify it as a rebuild. It's the process that we're talking about. So the, the process in your mind may be a rebuild, but I don't think Dave Gettleman wants to call it a rebuild or anybody in this building wants it to call it a rebuild. It's a retooling of, of assets and things that you, this is a, this is like a building a car, you know, it's like, you got to put some pieces together and get this thing rolling again. And it could be quicker than you think. You look at some of these teams, you know, over the history of the last five or six years, there's teams that can turn it around. You know, the Giants winning five games last year. They can certainly turn it around and win 11, 12. Who knows? Bears went from last to first and, we're not bringing this up 
at least I'm not, and I don't think you are either, Jeff, to paint this rosy picture. It's just... If you understand the NFL landscape, yeah. quick maneuvers are more than possible. It's not like the NBA where that may be a fairy tale. Right. And I think that you know you don't know when you take players and, and put them on a team, veteran players and even young guys, the chemistry and how things work, sometimes it just it just meshes. It just happens to work. Sometimes it doesn't. Then you know what? You move on. You you cut the guy, you trade the guy, you move on. Um, hopefully it's not, it has a, doesn't have a huge detriment on your team. And I mean, when you're looking at what happened this year with Odell and Olivia Vernon and Landon Collins, things like that, folks, that's the nature and how this landscape of the NFL works. It's a business and it's going to continue to do this every year that you watch it going forward. So you're going to get used to it. It's going to happen. But I will tell you that this, you know, by putting sometimes some sometimes it works with you know you draft this guy, you bring this guy in, you bring you know you trade this guy, and then all of a sudden the next thing you know you, you're going you got 11, 12 games and you go from last to first like the Bears. Yeah, well, and then another team that I brought up on yesterday's program, Jeff. How about the Indianapolis Colts? I was just going to say right? the Colts. You know, look at what nobody Chris had Ballard, their general manager. Correct. Nobody picked the Colts. That forget you know getting to the playoffs, the division. No, I promise had you. Them in that and I don't know if they have a. I don't know if they have a. A big horseshoe kickoff show or something. I don't know what they do. Yeah, horseshoe <laughs> I don't know, but the, whatever show they have, they were talking about the same thing that you and I are talking about last year. Horse oh, this guy. is a rebuild. This is a rebuild. That's, that we're getting, and, uh, you know, Andrew Luck is coming back, and Correct. you know they we're going to build that. around. We got a new offensive yep. line, and you know we don't know anything about the defense. Well, they went out and they got a heck of a player. Uh, Darius can, Leonard. Oh my draft. goodness! Yep. Right, that can happen, and look what happened to them. Now everybody's picking them. They're ready to go. Yeah. One year. One year, exactly. Because, But notice Ballard invested in the draft. He didn't go out and That's right. pluck guys off the free agency wire yeah. and say, hey, we got to spend a gazillion dollars on this guy. He went in the draft. Two I, offensive linemen and Darius Leonard. You know what? And you've said this before, Lance, and it makes sense. Is it you, you have to build your team through the draft because of the money that it costs you is not that much when you build your team through the draft. Okay, when you got 12 guys, let's just say all 12 of these guys make the roster. Do the math, 12 divided by 53. Okay, well, how about last year's draft class? Almost all of them are still on the team. Correct, the bulk is. Yeah. So now we're going two years and then maybe the third year and by your, you know, those guys. It, listen, it, your, your salary cap, it helps you. It helps you be able to go out and get some free agents to piece here and there. And but build up your depth. And too. build depth. Because you're not going to exactly you don't want to build you can't build your team on free agency you just can't it doesn't work it it never has it really yeah. hasn't no it's impossible to do that because then eventually you're going to have to let a guy go within the next year because you're not going to be able to retain everybody that's right once you bring in new draft classes and you need to account for that so that means that you're not really building a true nucleus of your team jeff if you do it in free agency because there's too many movable parts if i bring in a draft class last year i know i'm going to get at least three to four years out of them right no and then i bring in another draft class i'm going to mesh three them in four. with the new draft class yeah. so now all of a sudden over the period of three or four years i've got about 15 16 guys that i can say this is the core of my team and also your your intent is to try to get let's just say 30 percent, which is probably a lot I want to be able to get those 30% of those guys that you talk. I want to get them on another contract. You're not getting a bulk of your free agents on a second year contract. In fact, probably none of them. 
are going to be on a second, you know, a no, second very time. unlikely. Correct. You know, unless you sign the guy, unless you sign a 25 year old guy, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. he's worthy of earning. And, another and next deal. thing you know, he yeah. becomes a, a perennial all pro and it's like, 100%. wow. Okay. Yeah. So you have to build through the draft and that's kind of what Dave Gettleman and his staff and in this organization are, are doing. They're going to build this roster through the draft. We talked about it the other day. How many guys are left on this roster after the season ended last year from the year before less than 10 single digits. This roster is evolving continuously, and it will again this year. Okay, so um, when you know you start to look at the offense and where where some some positions are gonna, there's not a lot on offense when you think other than the offensive line. I mean, wide receiver position, they just you know with with Golden Tate, if if he does end up signing here officially, then that that's a huge huge. Uh, component to this offense, running back position. You still got the running back. Quarterback is the You're only young one. At the running back position. Quarterback is the one that everybody has to talk about. Well, of course. I mean, it goes without saying. It's most important position, and people think that quarterbacks alone win and lose games. So, God forbid we consider some other aspect of the team. But this whole direction seems to be to to your point to what we discussed earlier. Build it up through the draft. Get some youth here, complimentary veteran free agents to round out the roster. And you brought up the term tanking, and I'm glad you did. Before we open up the phone lines, at I only brought it up. I don't believe it. <laughs> no, neither do I. But the reason I'm glad you brought it up, there's a lot of people that love to psychoanalyze the press conference, which is another one of my favorite activities. I mean, I can't get enough. Yes, <laughs> let's spend 30 minutes analyzing one answer at a press conference. So since there's a lot of you that love to do that, I'm going to now feed into this frenzy, Jeff. Okay. At the Combine... Dave Gettleman was asked about scouting the quarterback class and maybe waiting till next year to draft a quarterback. So I want to read his response because he then threw in the whole tanking narrative in with that, since everybody loves to analyze answers at a press conference. Okay. Quote, it's an interesting question. I think at the end of the day, you can't say to yourself, I'm going to get him next year, referring to the quarterback. You evaluate the cues. You take the guy when you believe he's the guy and it's at the right spot. You can't worry about the future because now someone else is going to say, well, in two years, there are a couple of college quarterbacks that are coming out that are really amazing. Who knows? I look at the NBA and everybody says, you've got to tank. We're going to tank. We're going to get this great player. What NBA team has tanked and it's worked because they think they're going to get a player. So then one of the reporters screams out the Sixers. So then Gettleman quickly responds, when they win a championship, we can have a discussion. But until that happens, it hasn't worked. So at the end of the day, if the right guy is there at the right time, who we think is the right guy, we'll pull the plug. End quote. Want to read you one more quote before we open up the phone lines. A little bit dated, not something that happened yesterday, but November 29, 2017, President and CEO John Mara, when the whole thing occurred with Eli Manning and they decided to give Geno Smith a start and so forth. It's a big day in history. John Mara was asked this question. It was, indeed. This was, this was the question. Is there a concern that when you take Manning out, it sends a message to the team that you are not trying to win? Okay? This was his response. Quote, well, that's not the case. Again, we're 2-9. and nine. We're still going to try to win the games. I read something somewhere about, are we going to tank the rest of the season? That's complete. I'm using the PG-13 version, BS. I would never allow that here. We're going to try to win the games. We're just going to have to try to do it with a different guy at quarterback, end quote. So, once again, I'm not telling you to read 
much into any of these comments. It's just we're giving you exact quotations from members of the Giants front office with respect to this narrative that it's a rebuild, it's a tank, no desire to win. The goal is to get the first overall pick, count the lottery balls. Hopefully <laughs> Zion Williamson can play wide receiver next year. I mean, all of this stuff that constantly we hear. All right? That's the voice of the Giants front office. A reminder, Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win amazing Giants prizes. All right, let's hear from you. Open up the phone lines, 201-939-4513. The festivities begin with Ron in Florida. Ron, welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live. What do you have for us? Hey, thanks, guys. First time uh, with you guys. I hope I'm not taking Charlie's place. (laughs) Well, it depends on what you say, Ron. We'll determine that. But what do you got for us? You're probably hoping I am. But anyways, I just want to say I'm over the morning period, and I'm into an excitement period now with all the 12 draft picks that uh, we should be able to load up on our uh, big mollies on our offense line, defensive line, and major on that this year. Uh, I believe Eli is still good for two more years. And then uh, look into next year, like Fiegel um, uh, said, that he uh, we have a lot of you know money to use next year, go uh, free agency. But put a first and a second or maybe a couple of firsts together for our franchise uh, quarterback for uh, Heber or Tua uh, next year. And we should be on our way after that. I'm really psyched about it. Well, you're one of the few that I've heard that's been very excited about <laughs> what is going on. Which, you know what, though? I'm with you. Listen, I think that I, I, I'm patient. I think this thing's going to get turned around. I'm excited about how the offense can still um, work as it did towards the end of the season. And I'm a believer in Eli, at least for one more year. Um, just give him a chance to get some protection around him like he did at the end of the year, and we'll see what happens. I mean, listen, yeah, Golden, I- Golden Tate – Golden Tate is a is, is is a very interesting sign because the guy can play slot. He can play outside. He's predominantly an outside receiver. Everybody thinks he's a big slot receiver because he's, he's moved been, around throughout the course of. But his you career. know he's he's gonna be he's gonna be him and Sterling Shepard. That's a good combination. I mean, is it Odell and Shepard? No, but we can't compel compare Odell Beckham to 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 Tate. We just need a veteran receiver to get in here, and they did. Well, one other question, I just quick pass. Yeah. I'm a big Syracuse Orange fan. Uh, Dino Baber uh, is my man, and uh, they have a defensive tackle there. If we could get maybe in a fourth or fifth, uh, Chris Slayton, what do you think about that? Well, I don't know much about him, but I know that they've got, what is it, one round they have three. Is it fourth round or the fifth round? They, well, they've they have... got 12 picks. they got three in the fifth round, if memory okay. serves me correct. I'll yeah. bring up the oh. exact laundry list of picks. You know what? But, hey, you know, that's a good... Uh, right here. They've got, yeah, three in the fifth round, two in the fourth, two ones, a two, a three, a six, and two sevens. Okay. That's the breakdown. Yeah, so oh. it was a fifth round. Yeah, so yeah. three Well, maybe he's round. still around there, you know, at well, that time. But to answer your question, and Ron, we'll let you go on that note, and appreciate the phone call. Yeah, going after defensive linemen, I don't think is a stretch at all. I think no. there's a golden opportunity for the Giants to really add some depth at that position. And to give James Betcher a rotational group of linemen slash linebackers that he could utilize to help stop the run and get after the quarterback. It's the definition of a strong defensive unit in today's NFL. It's not about having four great starters, three great linebackers, or vice versa, depending on your scheme, Jeff. It's about having eight, nine, ten different guys that you could keep fresh. And by the time you get to the fourth quarter, 
you're not putting somebody in a position, like if you recall, Jeff, a few years ago when Spags was forced to play JPP and Vernon, what, like 90, 95% of the snaps? No depth. And he was asked about that, and Spags was up front. He said, I take them off the field. The productivity is not the same. Why would I put my defense in that precarious spot? And I'm paraphrasing his words, but why do you ever want to put a defensive coordinator in that position? Yeah, well, unfortunately, the depth that they thought was there, they weren't very good football players. So, yeah, go after a guy in the fourth round and draft him from Syracuse, whatever it is. Fourth round is that round where, you know, you're usually a keeper at fourth round, fifth through seventh. You know, it's kind of a little bit here and there, but one through four, especially your first three, you got to hit on those. And we've talked about this many, many times. Those, you got to hit on those three first three rounds, and you're hoping that you're, you're going to get most of them into a second contract eventually. Because if you do that over and over and over, those are your, you know, the best players at your 120th, whatever it is, 120, 246, 126 pick. That's when you need to hit on those things. So uh, those are the best players in the draft. Those are the guys you want to be able to bring on your team and sign long term because you get them as a free, as, excuse me, as young, young rookies. And then was it fourth? First round is what? Five, four years. Four years, 15 team option. Second through down. Okay. And second the other through ones. down is a four year contract. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could go back and look at look at the players in the Giants and where, what teams or how many of them have saw their second contracts. Oh, I mean, not a lot, Jeff. And no, that's what I was actually just going to bring up because I brought up the Giants draft history and and basically complimenting your point, the importance of hitting it home in those first three rounds is Dave Gettleman understands that this is going to be his second draft, but. You look at now the departure of Odell Beckham and Landon Collins. Beckham was the final remaining drafted player from 2014's class, Jeff. So nobody on the Giants is from the 2014 class anymore. Collins was the last guy from the 2015 class. Now, remember, Gettleman did not draft any of those players. He has no ties to them. Okay. So 14 and 15, yeah, gone. the classes are completely gone. Then you go to 16. Shepard is still here. B.J. Goodson is still here. Paul Perkins is still here. Okay, so three from 16. Then 17... Evan Engram is still here. David Tomlinson is still here. Wayne Goldman is still here. And Avery Moss was on the practice squad. So I'll include him. So you have seven players from 16 and 17. And now 18 was Gettleman's first draft class. So he understands, listen, I want to build through the draft, but I also want to get to a point where, as you mentioned, guys are earning second contracts and I can present a core and nucleus to the coaching staff to say, hey, you're going to have three to four years or so to work with these guys, and hopefully then we can keep that group together. The Giants have not had that luxury because a number of these draft picks have not panned out, have not earned second contracts, to your point. So that's why there's been so much player movement. And when you have a lot of player movement, you're challenging yourself in terms of building continuity, Jeff. And you know that. You've been on a variety of teams during your NFL career. You have guys jumping from team to team. They're learning one defense, one offense, one year, and then all of a sudden, they got a new playbook to follow you. Yeah, it's very difficult. I mean, earlier in my career, we didn't have free agency, so guys kind of stuck the around The dynamics a while, were a little but, bit different, of course. Yeah. And if you look at those seven, 16 and 17 draft picks that are still on the team and look at what rounds those guys are, that's another thing that you, it's important that you see you know, where those guys were. Were they one through four? Or were they from... Meaning the key playmakers? Is well, the guys that are still on the team that you said in 16 and 17. 16 and 17. So Because there isn't any 14 two. and 15 left. Correct. They're done. Shepard's a two. Goodson's a four. Perkins is a five. Engram's a one. Tomlinson's a two. Goldman's a four. Moss is a five. So you got two fours and two fives out of seven guys, was it? Correct. So, you know, and those fours and fives... 
That's like that's a those are good. You you actually those went are luxuries. Out. Yeah, yeah. You, you found two of those guys correct. that are still around. But you want one, two, three, one year. Yeah. One, two, three, another. Year. And I guess one, what two, I'm three, trying to get at is, is where are your one, twos, and threes in those groups? And that's where <laughs> Gettleman now yeah. has to say yeah. to himself, "Hey, we need to restore that." And now let's go back to last year's draft and look one through four. Let's just see those guys, okay? We can go down if you can help me here, yeah, Lance. Barkley. Okay. Um, yeah, he's a keeper. Hernandez. Okay. So you have two starters right there. They played. Lorenzo Carter started to develop later on, but played in the season, and you, you but played him. enough yeah. that now yeah. they want to see him take a new step. And, and BJ Hill's a starter. So three out of the four started predominantly as rookies. There you go. So there's kind of that production, and I don't think anybody can tell you that that I wasn't a good draft. Well, Last the year. early results have been certainly positive. There's no doubt about that. And which kind of goes to my 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 whole theory: just be patient here. I mean, Gettleman is he he as much as a lot of people. <laughs> I don't know if there's a written plan upstairs where it says down <laughs> to the line, like on March 15th, this is what we're yeah, gonna there, do. There's a piece of loose leaf paper, yeah, okay, that has everything written down. You've got to believe that every organization has a plan. But every organization has to has to you know the the plan changes. It evolves. It's very fluid. So I gotta think that these guys have an idea what they want to do and the direction that they want this team to go. What happens is the fan base wants to their way to do it, and the and the organization who's actually it's their company are running it the way they want to, are not always the the public opinion is not always going to be popular. But Not. you know what? Sometimes you need an executive that's willing to make the unpopular decision. And you saw it. You saw it this year. Well, and, you know, just bringing this full circle before we reopen up the phone lines, I, I think what people need to understand is Jeff and I just laid out the importance of bringing in youth and rebuilding up the draft supply by sometimes parting ways, which are difficult decisions, Jeff, to your point, with name commodities it frees you up to address multiple areas as opposed to saying we're going to lock up a lot of our money with three to four guys, but then we're going to rely on unproven commodities to help round out the rest of the roster. Instead, Dave Gettleman's philosophy is, well, if I free up the money, then I can have a lot more depth and substance across the board as opposed to feeling really good about maybe two or three positions, Jeff, and then sort of being so-so elsewhere. And listen, this this is not this can backfire on you too. Listen, um, it's an inexact it, science across the board. And by the way, this like we like like players, coaches, and general managers, and they get fired too. If things don't work out, then you you're gone. But you got to put faith in your system, and you got to believe that your system is going to work, and you're going to do it your way. And or they say it's the highway. It's my way or the highway. Well, if it's if it's if your way doesn't work, you'll be on that highway. Trust me. Absolutely. We want to remind you, Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win amazing Giants prizes. All right, let's reopen up the phone lines. Joshua is in Brooklyn. He joins us here on hey, Big Joshua. Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Josh? Hey, guys. Um, long time no talk. Very good. Uh, I think the last time I spoke, um, it was really on the Landon Collins issue. Uh, I've been All calling right. well, that wasn't too the long media ago. a year yeah. ago. <laughs> so I was gonna say. Oh, a year ago. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so uh, my deal is, um, yeah, there's a whole lot that happened the last few days, huh, right? Yeah, fair to say. <laughs> so, yep. so uh, yeah, we, the Giants had a whole lot of needs going into this season. I mean, going into this off season, we need pass rushers. We need another running back behind Barkley. I'm sorry, but if Barkley goes, out, goes off into the bench and the running game seems, like, non-existent, you need somebody. Or maybe you need a better offensive line. 
my hope is both. Um, you need – heck, I, I even realized we were down two wide receivers before the trade. Um, they didn't re-sign that tall guy, Cody Latimer. Um, he's somewhere out there in the wilderness. Well, he's still a free and, agent, so. Yeah, um, and uh, I forgot the other Shepard. He hasn't been re-signed. I don't, I don't Russell so. Shepard you're talking about, yes. Yeah, so um, so I was thinking that could be a very strange uh, – that could be like a, a creeping up need, and granted, you trade – uh, one of the best wide receivers in the league, and um, my biggest my biggest uh, gripe with the whole thing is just the waiting game, really, because it's not that it's not that you know it's not just about trading Beckham. It's really about figuring out how you're going to replace that production or fill in these holes. Because now it just seems like everything is falling apart, at least by what the media likes to call it. Um, but I do like to point out that, you know, we do have like over 10 draft picks with like four in the top 100. So that's kind of like a big deal. Yeah. Like a really, really, really big deal. Well, there's a lot of resources so... for the team <laughs> two, to turn two to. Two number yeah. ones, too. Yeah. Well, and listen, here's huh? the other point. The other point with respect to Beckham, and no doubt about it, you don't just duplicate his production out of the blue sky, okay? Yeah. I'm, that's not what I'm making it sound like here. But they have had a lot of experience with him not on the field meaning they've had an opportunity yeah. to evaluate, okay, what are the things the offense does when he's not here? What are we missing? Or what do we do well when he is here? And so forth. They've had time to evaluate that over last season, over the tail end of this year. So it's not as if they're going into the land of the unknown. There's been life without Beckham even when he's been on the roster. Yeah, last so, four games. Correct. So, so that, I think, has helped them in terms of the evaluation process. It doesn't mean that the answers are going to be simple. That's not what I'm making it sound like. But you have visual evidence of this is what we do well, this is what we don't do well when Odell Beckham is not on the field. Yep. And I was thinking, um, you know, while before the trade that, you know, the Giants might need to pick somebody up from the draft. Um, and now that Odell is gone, I'm just thinking maybe that's uh, – maybe DK, that wouldn't be too bad How about DK idea. Metcalf? Um, I'll take him. He's <laughs> a great athlete. Um, yeah, yeah. DK, <laughs> he's a freak. A, oh, a freak, um, like, specimen, guys. Like, um, um, only downside for me is I think he might be, like, the third best wide receiver coming out of this draft. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the other two? What do you have above them? Um, like in terms of people that just really impress me, mm -hmm. um, and it's and it's the weirdest, and it's kind of strange. I know that it's, it doesn't seem like they really kind of pop out, but guys like uh, Kelvin Harmon out of NC State. Now I know Dave Gettleman is probably not too hot on drafting another wide receiver named Kelvin, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but the guy is like he's he's has one of the best body controls that I've ever seen. Um, adjustment to the ball is crazy. Like, he catch, he, he goes for those contested catches. Um, and I, I guess, yes, um, I'm a little biased towards Eli on this one. The back shoulder fade. He, mm -hmm. he, he does it. Granted, he's not the only one who does it. Sure. There's guys like Debo Samuel and Enkil Harry, two people who I also am very high on. Um, you know, but in terms of his has efficient footwork, um, the guy just has a focus. He has an alpha mentality that just really – like, I, I love guys with alpha mentalities on the football field. Well, I don't think so, it's a stretch um, to and, say that and, they may draft a wide receiver. I, I don't think that's I think they're gonna. Yeah. I think it's yeah. very possible. I think They've got gonna. enough volume of picks to do that. So it's yep. very and I'm, and I'm feasible not, to do that. And I'm not saying, and I'm not saying that he's going to be, like, a number one or draft him with the 17. I ain't saying any of that. 
I'm just saying that, you know, um, there are a few guys out there that people are just kind of overlooking because of DK Metcalf. And I ain't knocking DK Metcalf. He could have, like, a better career than Calvin Johnson for all I know. Um, you know, but, you know, there's just certain players that just kind of stick out to me. And I um, and I guess this, I guess um, we're all going to be looking at wide receiver tapes <laughs> for a while, so you guys will be able to figure out who you like um, going into the draft. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, uh, check out those guys, like Enkil right. um, Harry, Debo yeah. Samuel, um, Harmon, and uh, even Demarcus Lodge, the uh, third wide receiver well, there, out of, there's plenty out of, of depth. Ole Miss. There's plenty of huh? depth in this draft. There's no doubt about it. Listen, Joshua, we're going to let yeah. you go on that note. Want to try Joshua. to get to uh, a number of more phone calls as we make our way here through BBKL. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants take a wide receiver in this draft. I really do. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you look at the depth and the guys that are there. Um, obviously, you have, you have if once Golden Tate if he signs and you get uh, Shepard, hey, listen, those are two good guys, but you need depth there. And we always know what the fourth and the fifth receivers are. They got to play special teams. So uh, young guys come in. They like they, That's what they usually do. They'll play special teams and learn how to be a wide receiver under the current program. Well, and you need competition. Remember, the roster goes to 90. So it, it's not as if they're going to yeah. have themselves in a position where, oh, my God, you know, we, we can't have room to bring in another wide receiver. There's ample yeah. opportunity to do that and, and ample space for them to do that. So you want to bring in some competition because it just makes the back end of your depth chart that much better. Yep. Let's head back to the lines. Doug is in Rochester. Hi, Doug. Doug, welcome aboard. What do you got for us? Hey, Lance. Hey, Jeff. Hi. Um, I wanted to pin on a couple of things. Um, I'm really hurt about Odell. You know, it took a lot out of me, but I get it. You know, 12 picks and they got more money to spend next year. But I want to talk about Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram. Now, Sterling Shepard, has he ever been close to catching 60 balls, 70 balls a season and coming close to 1,000 yards? Can you, can you tell me that, Lance? What, I don't uh, understand. I mean, he was just stay on the field. I know he hasn't come close. So I want to know about Sterling Shepard. I don't think he's even come close to catching 70 or 80 passes. Has he? Well, he's never been the number one receiver, so it's been difficult for him to get that kind of catches. Okay, then. Okay, then. You just said it. He has not come close. You take Odell away. Eli is still there. That's, you take away that. So then now they have to get a receiver. He can at least catch 70 passes. Well, first of all, hold on, Doug, 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 hold on, Doug, 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 hold on, Doug, Doug, when you look at his stats, Matt, can you bring down Doug here for a second? Doug, calm down. First of all, I brought up his numbers here, okay? Let's at least evaluate the facts here before we go crazy. Okay. Shepard had 65 catches in 2016. That's close to 70. How many yards? He had 65 in 2016. Six okay. five. Six five. Then he had sixty six this past season. He played sixteen games in both of those campaigns. He had fifty nine in seventeen. He missed five games that year. So he's been close. Mm-hmm. He's been on the horizon okay. of seventy. And it's not crazy to think he'll move up the depth chart. You figure his targets I think will probably stay in that hundred area, the low hundreds, which he's been around. But you figure maybe he'll get a few more. And I don't think it's crazy to think that he can't get to seventy. Consistently, man. yeah. Okay, I understand so, that, but uh, you you have to add on another receiver. You took Odell away. You have to add another receiver in that eighty seventy range too, because Evan Ingram, I know he hasn't been close as a tight end. 
So I know he he's been hurt and he's never been close to that. So you guys keep talking about uh, I don't think you're gonna find a receiver in the third round that can catch uh eighty passes or seventy some well, passes. But here's the thing, you, you know, could with say the Doug, you could say the same thing about any young player that you bring in who's unproven. The bottom line is yeah. you bring them in because they have potential. Jeff, you throw them out there and you obviously hope that they can produce consistently. You know, so who's to say okay. that Ingram and Shepard are not capable of improving their production? They're both still young. To your point, yes, Ingram has struggled to stay healthy, so the goal is for him to play all 16 games or close to that next season. And I told you, Shepard's on the brink of that. I don't think it's yeah. crazy to think that these guys can't elevate their play a little, well, especially he's also, early he, in their career. He's also on a contract year for Sterling Shepard this season, so that'll, That's that usually point. makes somebody yeah. want the ball more. Absolutely. So, you know, okay, 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 but I want to ask you something about the safety, this 35-year-old guy, 34, but, um, uh, days or whatever his name is. Is he like a Jonathan Stewart, um, a, a mentor to Peppers, like Jonathan Stewart was to Barkley, a locker room guy? Because Jonathan, are they seriously thinking about putting him at safety, that, that high bird safety position? Well, we'll let you go on that note, Doug, and appreciate the phone call. It's what Jeff and I started off. Yeah. Leadership is not a question when it comes to Antoine Bethea. I mean, we're talking about a guy that, as I said, he played for the Super Bowl champion Colts. He was with the San Francisco 49ers, Jeff, when they were consistently making the playoffs under Harbaugh. He was with Betcher in Arizona. You know, clearly there's familiarity between mm -hmm. him and Betcher. I'm sure that was one of the reasons and the appeals of bringing him in. And to answer your question, he plays free safety and strong safety. He's been moved around during the course of his career. He led Arizona in tackles last season. And as far as durability is concerned, he's had one season, Jeff, in his entire career where he's played less than 10 games. That was 2015. Outside of that, 13 or more games in every single season since his rookie year in 2006, including each of the last three years, at least 15 games. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so, yeah, he is going to be your starter. I can tell you that. They didn't bring him in here to just to teach some young guys. Um, so those are your two guys. Your Bill Peppers is another one. And uh, there's your starting two safeties. I mean, I'm not the coach, but I'm going to tell you that that's who I'm opening day. I'm pretty sure that those are going to be your guys. It might be, you know, you got Haley was another guy, you know. Yeah, so. we'll have corners who can <clears throat> be moved around. And I'm sure, like I said, they're going to bring in some younger guys as competition. But I would say as it stands right now, and it's extremely early. I mean, we haven't even had spring workouts. I would say it's safe to assume that Bethay and Peppers are in the driver's seat yeah. as the two starting safeties. I meant to say Betcher's Curtis defense. Riley. Well, Curtis Riley. Say he will not be playing safety. Well, Riley's a free agent, so unless he <laughs> they, resigns, that's what I'm saying. May not even he be will in not the be playing here next year. Indeed. Let's head back to the phone lines. Woody is in Walton. Woody, welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live. What do you got for us? How you doing, guys? Hey, uh, Jeff. Thanks for all those coffin corner kicks. Love the coffin corner. That. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. How are you? Hey, hey, and Lance, I'm with you, buddy. I'm five foot five, and I've heard every short joke joke in the book. Okay, they're well, all old. I think we could all relate to that. No problem, boy. You're really covering all aspects of the conversation today. <laughs> so, what else do we have for you today, Woody? Hey, what I really wanted to talk about today was, boy, it's it's so important to hit on those draft choices, so you don't have to do the free agent stuff. I've come up with some numbers here, and here's what we've got: we've got seven players that were drafted that are still in the rookie contracts, and this this includes. Odell, not Odell, but uh, Barkley, Ingram, Shepard, Hernandez, Carter, Hill, Goodson. 
You add all the money up for those guys this year, it's $16 million. We're paying Olivier Vernon, Snacks, Harrison, and Patrick Omame $14 million to not play for us. Yeah. Well, and that's what happens with dead money when or you let go of free Odell agents. Beckham, $16 million. Yeah, I either. mean, there are financial repercussions. See, this is what I think most fans need to understand. You don't just magically cut a player and then say, eh, the money's yeah, gone. see you later. You're <clears throat> kicking the can essentially down the road. The same thing happens when you restructure contracts. Drew Brees, by the way. That's why and, they restructure. And we'll let you continue, Woody, but one real point. They restructured Drew Brees' contract, according to multiple reports. His cap hit is scheduled to be about $41 million next season. Yeah. I, I think that's going to present some challenges <laughs> yeah, to the rest of the team, no? Considering the, the cap yeah. is $188 so million. Th- This whole idea of, yeah, just restructure the quarterback, don't worry. Yeah, the money then gets passed on to the following year. You don't just magically yeah. make the money disappear. But go ahead, Woody. Yeah, another point I wanted to make is uh, Mr. Gettleman is not afraid to move around on draft day. No. And us having 12 picks, I'm hoping he uses some of them later resources to just move up higher in these third and fourth round, you know, second, third. If we could get some of those later. We have 12 picks. I'd be happy if we walked out of this draft with eight players. Probably get four starters out of that. What do you think? I think I I would put, you know, I like like eight. I I would give the over-under at seven and a half. Would you take it over or under? I'm going to take the under at seven and a half. In terms of guys that make the roster or guys that start? No, the guys what that actually are getting drafted out of the 12 draft picks, 7.5 is my number that they will be drafted. I, I think the Giants are going to trade. package, you're saying, yeah. the other picks. Yeah. I, I think I would take the over. You think I, the over? I, th- I don't think they're going to go that crazy in shipping out all of these picks. Plus, you know, to your point, Woody, you don't just take two sevens and all of a sudden get a four. You know what I'm saying? No, that, that, that doesn't, and I'm not, I'm not saying you were presenting that, but just because you have volumes of picks doesn't mean yeah. teams are going to be like, yeah, sure, we'll give you our four, you give us two sevens. We're okay with that. You know, it, it's going to help you maybe well, sweeten a deal if you do want to make but a move. Two, but, but how about, but how about two how sevens? Much, truly. How about two sevens, two sixes, and three fives? <laughs> <laughs> well, where are you going with that? Then I could get to a four or three, maybe. Maybe be able to get to a four. Yeah. Then my then my bet the entire... is definitely under. I well, definitely then, win that then bet. I would definitely take the under. <laughs> if he puts together a deal where he's trading five picks for one, yeah, you're safe to take the under. And we're not playing poker here today. No, are we? Not at all. Okay. Maybe all right. Well, I'd be happy okay. to do a four and two fives for a three. No way. It no, still ain't gonna happen. I don't think so. That three, you know, those even the three. The three's a well, tough number. That's move, a, your, move your first four there, which isn't far off the third. It's, yeah. it's only like the sixth pick and the fourth. All I know is what you said earlier and what we have been mentioning, you got to hit on your first three rounds of your of your draft picks. Those guys got to be – they got to be good players. And they got to they, well, they got to play for you I'm for all for their years. Four starters out of this. Yeah. And well, a couple I don't, contributors well, you got three. That. You and got three think, last year. Yeah, I don't think four is crazy, Woody. And, and appreciate the phone call. Thanks so much for weighing in. Yeah, you got three last year that we that we, we went over up. all of those players. Yeah. Could you get four? I mean, also keep in mind when you look at legitimate opportunities for starting roles too. You, you've got to be realistic. I mean, if we figure both safeties, it appears they already have on the roster. Then offensive line, you can argue maybe there's one position up for grabs. Okay, you got your starting running back, Jeff. You in all likelihood have your starting quarterback as it appears right now. Well, I Tight don't... end you've got. Yeah. Okay, wide receiver is maybe an opportunity for 
a spot for a starting wide receiver. I'll give I you still, that. I still think there's an opportunity for a, for not a starting spot. Okay, good what we're talking about, but yeah. maybe a draftable spot as a safety position. Oh, one hundred percent for depth purposes. Yeah, no, I don't absolutely. disagree. I'm just I'm looking yeah, no, at it more from a starting. starting. Yeah, yeah from starting. Yeah. I mean, there's certainly absolutely. depth chart opportunities. I'm just talking about you know when people throw Tight out, in, I want to get four or five starters. Running well, back. Are they going to be four or five starters? Lyman, no. I mean, maybe maybe a right tackle. Well, that's what I said. One offensive lineman, possible. Thinking, but that's going to be. So I that's mean, two on offense. Could could you at. draft a fourth round right tackle and make him your starter? I guess you could if you didn't have the. Yeah. I mean, listen, if he outperforms the guy that's the incumbent. I mean, look at Chad Wheeler. He was undrafted. And he ultimately carved out a starting job. So, yeah, I don't think that's crazy. Let's head back to the phone lines. Len is in Columbia, Maryland. Len, what's happening? Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing all right, Good. Happy Friday, Len. (laughs) Uh, One of the the things you were discussing was record, uh, you know, turnover, going from losing seasons to the playoffs. Look Look at the Browns. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, you want that, to talk about that, a team. Yeah. That 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 general manager took over about the same time that Gettleman took over here. Maybe there's two months difference. And they were 0-16, went yeah. to 7-9, and and people are talking about them winning the AFC North. Yeah. Well, so you, you, can, you can turn it around pretty quickly. And, yeah. you know, in this day and age, you know, with parity and, and we're, we're drafting out of the same pot, I mean, it's not, it's not like New England's got a different pot of draft choices. You know, they got all the good names in there, and we have to draft out of the other pot. We're, dra- we're dra- drafting out of the same pot. So, I mean, you, you know, it is, it is indeed possible, and, and, and I, I want to I hold Dave to that. I mean, I, I, I think by 2020, we've got to really be challenging. I mean, we've got to really – maybe it's not going to happen next year, but there's got to be enough progress yeah. That, you know, the following year, man, come on, it's just time. If you can't do it in three, you can't do it. That's the word, I mean, too. And we, we can prove that over and over again. We've got plenty of examples of that. Um, hey, I like Tate. Uh, Lance, you know, for a number of years, uh, I've been saying to you guys, I just wish we could find a number two who would give me Reuben Randall numbers. Not Reuben Randall, you know, height, <laughs> weight, style, etc. And I think maybe we found him in Tate. I think oh. we can get 60 808 out of Tate. Okay. And if we can do that and land the number one, maybe in the draft, I think that wide receiver core is with, with Shepard, you know, in, in the slot, you know, Golden Tate, just give me 6,808, and I'll be happy with your performance. I'll take that. But we do have to get a number one. I mean, there's no question about that. It's, but so, so I like the Tate signing. Yeah. Um, Which is unofficial, you know, but by they, the way. I mean, it looks like he's a little... You know he's he's aged a little bit, but you know safeties age well. Yeah. I mean, you look around the league. There's a, a lot of guys playing that safety position who mm-hmm. are older. Look at Eric Weddle. Yeah. Yeah. A lot who, of who guys. keeps getting keeps well, getting contracts as long and that's thirty five years old. That's the case. Earl as Thomas is not durable, young either. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, there you go. There you go. You know, if you do if you do simple if you do some simple arithmetic, it's hard to believe that Landon got more money than Thomas did. But oh my God, I well, mean, he's younger. He's younger. Man, geez, what a world. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, just unbelievable. Um, all right, he, here's what I think we need out of the draft. We got a hit on that seventh pick, 1737 Beal and 95. We need five guys, those five picks. I'm looking for day one starters. Mm-hmm. And then we got six more picks after that. Hey, Lance, let me, let me ask you a question. I know you're a shrewd negotiator, so I, I want to I ask you. 
I was a little disappointed. Well, I'm disappointed in the Odell deal, but let's let's not talk about that again. I I said my piece the other day, but um, I I don't understand why we came away. Why couldn't we get the 80th pick in the third round instead of the 95th? I mean, you I know, don't know. I mean, the, 15 picks, you know. I mean, to me, I, 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 don't know, I don't know how much of a big deal that is. I mean, I, I look at it more of, if you look at other wide receivers who were recently traded, I think yeah. the Giants got the best return out of any recent wide receiver that hey, was traded. Lance, I agree with you. Yeah. It, was, it was a fair return, and I, I, I don't know. I don't want to go back to Wednesday, but I got to say this again. You, 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 you're talking about Odell? Listen, he's the he's the Browns get out of jail card. Well, but but hold on. First of all, I, I, I think Odell is a tremendous talent. Nobody's going to deny that. But be, okay. if, before we crown the Browns, Len, in fairness, can they yeah. play a few games in 2019? Well, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying that they're a bad team, and I like what they're putting together. But I've also yeah. seen teams full of star-studded commodities, mm-hmm. and they yeah. disappoint tremendously. Well, it's like what I said earlier. So, so yeah. we, Sometimes we have no, they I mean, don't mesh. The okay. Browns could go six and ten. Are we going to then crown them after next season? They look no, good no, on paper. No, I'm Let just saying they're Let in a play. pretty good position. They certainly have a, a lot limited, of talent in a, in a limited no amount of time, it. Lance. No doubt about and, it. And, and I, I think Od- I think the, the Odell pickup. I'm going to call it the get out of jail card. Okay, I think that's what it was. Hmm. I think this is you, you weren't talking about the Browns winning the AFC North until they got Odell. And then everybody's talking about, oh, playoffs are, yeah, well, they're going to the playoffs. They're going. To... So I don't want to evaluate it now. I'm just saying that, yeah, you know, the way people are talking, well, it, but it the sounds way, like Odell I, but, was but pretty I guess, important. I guess the point is, We got is, what Len, we could, Lance. We got what way, we could. I'm not knocking Gettleman on that. We got talk, what we could. Len, the I'm, way, the I'm way not sure we should talk, have accepted what we got. Every time I talk to Len, we'll never get a word in. I appreciate the phone call, Len. We'll let you go on that note. Haven't you learned but, yet? Well, I know, Man, but I, I try on. to figure that maybe this is the show that no, he has not the going phone up against his ear Man, that we can actually cut have him a back off. and forth yeah, conversation. Hit the, hit the button. But <laughs> the, the last point I want to make before we get back to the phones is this is not fantasy football and Madden football, Jeff. When you send out household names and you expect you're definitely going to get two first-rounders. That's not how the market works. They look at Antonio Brown, Jarvis Landry, Brandon Cooks, all GMs are going to say, all right, hey, this is the starting point of the negotiation. This is correct, what happened in the past. So this is what we're looking for as a reasonable comparison to that. And and that's how the negotiations go. But you're going to be hard-pressed to find in recent history, don't give me a trade from like 1992, I'm sorry, where a wide receiver was traded for two ones. Because I've seen it. Joey Galloway, he was given the franchise tag. Yeah, we're talking about decades ago. I'm talking about within the last five years. How many guys of Odell Beckham's caliber are being shifted out of town? Shipped out of town, excuse me, for two number ones. It, it's I just, mean, Ricky Williams got shipped. He got, he, they traded a whole draft for that they guy. All, but once again, that's <laughs> another guy that we're talking about a decade. Yeah, exactly. we're, we're not talking no, it's about the going rate. It's the going yeah. rate, and if somebody sets precedence, you don't want to set the precedence for the next person. You go on past experience and past what's, what else is, the other teams have done, and then you build off of it. Maybe they add something else to the piece of the puzzle. Yeah, and the, okay? other, and the other thing is, since when does the market get set, Jeff, based on hype? So because the media is talking about Odell Beckham in Cleveland, well, now you all think, of a sudden yeah. they're, they're saying, well, we should get more in return from your media now being extremely confident and optimistic about your team. Yeah, it doesn't happen. Well, market <laughs> operates like that. Let's head back to the phone lines. Charlie's in Portland, Maine. Charlie, what's happening? What's up, Charlie? Hey, Lance. hey Jeff. Hey, uh, just give me some time here. Uh-huh. Well, you only got um, about 30 yeah. seconds. <laughs> uh, that's what I figured. Hey, uh, look. 
You, I mean, to me, the New York Giants franchise is like the Titanic. We just hit the iceberg. There's, this is a, a big change in this franchise from this day on. And I would bet if you will go to your marketing department and ask them, what is the average age of New York Giants fans? I bet it's in the 60s. Odell Beckham no is way. a generational Hall of Fame wide receiver. Like Michael Jordan, he is known worldwide. He is a brand for the New York Giants, bringing in youth into the NFL, bringing it into the New York Giants. And Mr. Myra has just kicked that away for probably the next 10 or 20 years of having young people like the Giants and want to be a Giant. What about Saquon? He's your yeah. young generational guy. You still got him. He's not the same. Yeah, he's, a, he's a running back. not the brand that Odell <laughs> is. And, and the thing is, we are never going to replace what he gave this team. The well, electricity, but Charlie, is the, the passion. Goal, is the goal it's not going to happen. But, Charlie, is the goal branding or is the goal to try to win a championship? You're presenting this. He wins this. it on the field. This guy can take the ball in, in, in one yard and go 90 on any and play. I don't, I don't disagree with you that Odell Beckham has unbelievable game-changing qualities. That's been well-documented. But in fairness, if we're to evaluate this in a fair aspect, the Giants were not winning championships with him, and they weren't necessarily winning championships without him either, to your point. I get that. But... All of that has to be evaluated and looked at that there's other needs on this team. And sometimes you have to sacrifice name commodities to achieve the betterment of your whole team. That's the well, bigger let me, point. Let me just say something about Gettleman as a GM. Now, this is just not even just what he did. Now, he totally misread the, the safety market because he never tagged Collins. How did he misread it? The call, because the safety market it was hot. It wasn't like last year when nobody got any money. Correct. It was the if he had opposite. tagged him, he could have traded him for something, and he didn't do it. He let him walk. Okay? Well, Charlie, and Odell, as, as I've explained. Thing. And Odell. Well, let's just speak. Go ahead. Okay. And Odell, if you were going to trade him, you should have never signed him. He gave Myra gave him $21 million, Odell, for 12 games this year. He gave away $21 million for nothing. Well, Charlie, he you're operating. Him, he should have traded him before. Charlie, they you're, also, you're, you're operating under the belief that the Giants back then thought that they were going to trade him, and you don't know that. See, that, that that's the problem with your theory here. We're going to let you go on that note because we want to wrap Thanks, up the Charlie. show. I get the frustration. I get the irritation, the dead money. I get that. But you can't go back, Jeff, and say to me Dude, when they handed him that contract that no. they knew about a year later that they were going to trade him. Well, the Gellman say we didn't sign him to trade him. So you might got to make you think that, that they weren't going to trade him. They, or he wasn't even on their mind to trade Correct. him unless they built the contract around this year, which they didn't, by the way. There was going to be a marketable contract to be able to a tradable contract that they wouldn't have to take a $16 million dead hit. Now I can believe the theory. They could say, we're going to, tr we're going to trade him next year, but the contract wouldn't have been structured the way that it did today. There's no way they were going to try. I'm going to tell you right now, I've been around the league a long, long time. Things change. Things change. That's the key. Things change. They evolve. Attitudes change. Theories change. Um, 
the way that they, the thinking changed, a lot of stuff changes, but you cannot go back, Charlie, and say that they were thinking about trading them or they would have thought about trading. They, that's not what it was. I know you may agree, disagree with us, and you can call in next time and tell us that, but I'm with Lance. I don't think you can go back there and say that. And real quickly, the perfect example, the Eagles signed Sam Bradford to an extension, Jeff, signed Chase Daniel, moved up a few months later, drafted Carson Wentz, traded Sam Bradford to the Vikings because Teddy Bridgewater got hurt. You're going to tell me when Philadelphia signed Bradford, they knew Bridgewater was going to get hurt mm -hmm. and they would entertain a trade? It changes. The timeline varies based on developments across the league. That was Jeff's main point, and, and I wholeheartedly agree with and you. I, and I tell you, you know, and, and players change too. Yeah. Attitudes, and emotions, no doubt. Relationships within the organization. Character, everything that. changes. Yeah. You know, how you look at somebody, sometimes a few months later it changes. Hey, man, you might have liked your mailman for two years yeah. until all of a sudden now he's putting the mail in the gutter. <laughs> I don't go. like him anymore. I'm going to trade him for the next guy. There you go. Please try to... Put the, the mail the, in the mailbox. The mailman, please. though, doesn't leave a dead cap hit. That's the difference, Jeff. Yeah, I know. He With doesn't. that being said, we want to remind you Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win amazing Giants prizes. All right, we'll be back up and running on Monday again, noon Eastern, as we continue to review and go over the latest Giants transactions. For Have Jeff Eagles, weekend, everybody. I'm Lance Meadow. Enjoy your weekend. We'll speak to you on Monday right here on Giants.com. Have a good one.